Welcome to the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast for Friday, June 10th. Mark Schofield joined by my good friend and co-host Chuck Zotta. And folks, since it's Friday, that means one thing and one thing only. Kicker Friday. It's Kicker Friday, my friends. Chuck, we're going to turn to you and dive into something here. I know you're working on a big sort of punting project for the summer, and that's taking you in a couple of different directions. What are we going to be talking about today? So today what I wanted to do is just dig into one of the battles uh, that's going to be taking place during training camp in about six weeks. And what I wanted to look at was the Pittsburgh Steelers and their punter. Uh, they had uh, Jordan Berry as a rookie last year, first year in the NFL. Uh, put up some decent numbers, but I think Steelers fans had some questions uh, with regards to his long-term future and whether or not he was going to be the answer uh, at punter for them. And they also brought in an undrafted free agent, Will Monday, out of Duke in the offseason. And so really what I wanted to do was dig into some of the data that I've put together and use that, hopefully, uh, to you know, kind of guide us as far as, okay, you know, what, is the, you know, what are some of the options that we're looking at when we talk about this battle in, uh, you know, in training camp and what do I think is, is going to end up happening here? Now, Chuck, does it bother you at all that, you know, in the summer, in June, in July, we hear all about the quarterback battles, and we don't hear a lot about the punter battles. It it bothers me a lot because I, mean, I can imagine it would. It it bothers me a lot, and you know, I try not to take it personally. But at a certain level, how can you not take it personally, right? It's right. You know, it's this is this is a big deal to me. It's not just. It's it's not just a punter battle. When you say it like that, you know, you kind of diminish it. I think this is a battle between two people at the top of their profession, looking to find out which one's going to come out on top. It's the classic Thunderdome: two men enter, one man leaves. Well, let's get into it a little bit. And in looking back at Jordan Berry's 2015-2016 season, what did you find? Where did the data take you? Yeah, so what I want to do first is talk about uh, Berry in terms of his ability to handle distance control. And to do this, I'm going to reference my target distance punted stat, TDP, which again, it factors in uh, field position to say, okay, based on where you are kicking from, how much of the ground that you are expected to cover did you actually cover? So if you're kicking from inside your own 40-yard line, in 2015, the average NFL punter hit the ball 48 yards from inside their 40-yard line. So from inside your 40-yard line, I set the target distance at 48 yards. So if you're kicking from the 1, you're trying to get to your own 49. If you're kicking from the 20, you're trying to get the to the opposing team's 32. In general... As you go further down the field, you eventually start to target the opponent's 10-yard line. So from the 41-yard line and up, you're targeting that opposing 10-yard line. So the distance changes that target distance based on where you are. From your own 40, you're trying to hit the ball 50 yards. But from the opposing 40, you're only trying to hit the ball 30 yards. So what I do is I say, okay, chart every punt and show me where Jordan Berry ended up stacking up. And what I saw is that from within his uh, you know, from within his own zone, from up to his 40, what's called an open field punt, he covered 93% of the yardage uh, that was expected, which is one of the worst marks in the league. It's not very good. Uh, it's, you know, again, 7% below league average, which you say, well, 7%, what's the big deal there? Well, when you talk about, you know, uh, in this case, it was 31 kicks and you're giving up about two and a half to three yards every kick. 
you know, when it's all said and done there, you're giving up somewhere between 75 and 90 yards over the course of the season just because you weren't covering enough distance. So it does add up there. But when Barry got into pin-deep situations, that's from your own 41-yard line and forward, okay, he covered 99% of the distance, which doesn't sound great because you say, oh, it's 1% below average. Well, no, in in pin-deep situations, keep in mind a touchback, okay, you're essentially moving where that ball ends up backwards by 20 yards, and so touchbacks have a devastating effect on this statistic in those situations. So 99% in those situations, actually pretty good. Most punters that I have right now, anywhere between about 94 and 102%. So Barry is actually pretty good at placing the ball when he doesn't have to kick it that far. His big problem, he just doesn't have the leg strength out of his own end right now. Now, I want to ask you a little bit about your process. You said you, you chart these punts. I mean, do you are you literally watching every single punt from last season as part of this project? Uh, yes, myself and Mike Nuttall, who's been working with us for the last couple months, uh, we have charted just about every punt in the 2015 season so far. We've got, I think, maybe four or five teams that we have left at this point. But pretty much it's a process where you sit down and you are watching every punt because what we're looking for here, we're not just trying to pick up distance. We're not just trying to pick up uh, you know, net average or anything like that. We're charting everything from hang time, the hash that teams are kicking from, the direction that kicks are going. We're charting all of that there. So any piece of data that is involved in a punt we're pulling from this. So on average, you know, it's anywhere between about an hour and two hours, depending on how many punts a team has to go through the full season of data. And when it's all said and done, we're going to be charting just over 2,400 punts, uh, which is probably indicating that I'm clinically something. I wasn't going to go there, but if you want to go down that road. It's, I mean, it's, it's not good. I'll tell you it's that. It's a lot of punts. It's 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 a lot of punts and it's you know you, you gotta like it you gotta believe in the process and that you're trying to figure something out there but when it's all said and done we're gonna have all this data you know in terms of and one of the things that I look for just little little indications you know things like okay if Pittsburgh is punting from uh, the left hash where do they tend to punt do they tend to go down the left side do they scatter it what do they try to do there. In Pittsburgh's case, actually, they do tend to go down the left side the majority of the time when they are kicking from the left hash, and from the right, they tend to go to the right. So they're simply saying, look, whatever hash we're on, that's pretty much where you can expect us to kick it. Other teams, okay, the Seattle Seahawks, for example, tend to kick only right, and occasionally, in a couple strange situations, mostly coming out of their own end, they'll kick from the left. So with Seattle, it's more dependent on field position. With Pittsburgh, it's more, look, if we're on the left hash, we're going left. If we're on the right hash, we're going right. So those are the types of trends that we try to look at to say, well, what can punt returners expect? And maybe what kind of returns can you run based on different situations? Is a left return going to be best? Is a right return going to be best? That's what we're trying to dig into and figure out. 
Getting back to the Pittsburgh Steelers and their punt and battle, you just took us through Jordan Berry's 2015-2016 season, and you pointed out that he reached the target dist- he reached 99% of the target distance in pin-deep situations, which we pointed out was it actually a good statistic, a good number for him, but he wasn't as good in open field punting situations. No. When you're evaluating a punter, do you place emphasis on one of those situations over the other, or is it kind of are these on equal footing in your mind? It, it, it is somewhat dependent on the team just because certain teams find themselves in different situations more often. So, for example, if I'm on a team that doesn't have a great offense but I've got a good defense, I want a, I want a guy who's got a huge leg that can clear me out of my own end zone and get that ball down the field so that my defense can get on the field and make a play and hopefully you know, just pick up yardage in the punting battle there. If you're, if you're punting the ball... 55 yards out of your end every time and the other guy's hitting it back 45 look it's not it's not glamorous but you can pick up yardage and get field goals that way when it's all said and done if I'm a team that has a better offense and I find myself okay I'm not stalling out in my own end as much maybe I'm getting more towards my 40 or to midfield then I need to look for a guy who's going to be better in pin deep situations so it really can get into the overall strategy when you talk about look what does my team do? That helps determine the kind of punter I need. And it can also, you know, it can also depend on just you know, something as simple as, okay, what kind of players do I have on my special team unit? Are they guys who are fast and able to get downfield quickly and cover a ton of yardage for a guy with a big leg? Or do I want guys who might be a little bit slower, more sure in terms of their tackling, but I need a guy who doesn't hit the ball quite as far because I don't want to outkick my coverage. So there's a lot of calculus that can go into it, actually. It's not necessarily a one-size-fits-all approach. You can do a ton of different things depending on what you want to do. And I'll give you an example from uh, when I was playing in college. We had a punter, Brian Scullin, who I think probably it was our senior year we actually led FCS in net punting average. And it wasn't because Brian had a huge leg. It was because Brian could put the ball exactly where he needed to put it in order to uh, make sure that our, our coverage unit was right there and knew exactly what to do. So Brian, I think, probably averaged like a 42-yard net or gross, but I think our net was something like 40.8 yards. So we only gave up like one yard per return on average, and it was because we knew exactly what to expect, exactly where to hit the ball so that our coverage unit could get downfield there. Now, let's look at the other half of this punter battle. That's um, incoming free agent um, Will Monday from Duke University. I'm looking at his statistics right now, Chuck, and there's there's a number here that jumps out at me and makes me think, look, this is a done deal. It's Monday's job to lose. Which one's that? He completed four or five passes for 41 yards in his Duke history. He's a phenomenal passer. He's a, he's a, look, put him in, you could probably, I mean, put him in, you know, second on the depth chart behind Big Ben if you want. There uh, you go. Monday's a big guy. He's uh, 6'4", 210, so, I mean, he's got that punter build that you want, long, big levers that he can hit the ball with, and I think Monday, the big thing that I've always wondered about with him is, is he going to be quite as consistent as he needs to be? He's got a big leg. He's got good hang on the ball. He's got good technique. He occasionally gets into issues a little more frequently than you like to see uh, with him hitting the ball off the side of his foot and having more shanks than you'd like to see. It's very similar to what we saw from Brad Nortman on the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl. 
I don't know if he has quite that strong of a leg, but he's still a young guy. Punters and kickers, they tend to develop that leg strength as they get a little bit older, okay? Uh, You know, Monday at this point, you know, he's 23 years old. He's still got a few years until he really hits that peak strength. You see kickers typically, uh, you know, hit max distance in their late 20s into their early 30s. So, you know, for me, he's going to pick up a little bit of leg strength, I think. Uh, You know, by all accounts, high character guy, you know, very solid. He was very involved on that Duke team, actually. And I think he has the potential to put up uh, you know, a real battle with Jordan Berry heading into uh, this year. And I think what it's really going to come down to is if he can display the consistency that he needs day in and day out, I think the job is Mondays to lose. But if he is still showing some inconsistencies here and there, it's going to make it a little bit more of a competition. I do think that Barry, even if he ends up getting cut by the Steelers, has a place in this league because there are teams that do require his skill set. Um, but it's got to be the right fit for him. And he still just needs a little bit of time. Again, leg strength is an issue for him. So, you know, if that's something that he comes into camp having developed, you know, I think, I think you can make a case that it might be a tighter competition. But I do have a feeling... Uh, that Monday has a pretty good chance in this in this battle here, um, and and I think this is going to be something that you probably see through the first you know you might see it through the first preseason game uh, before they decide to make a final decision here. How you talk about Monday possibly increasing leg strength and how he's probably a year or two maybe even three years away from actually reaching you know peak leg strength for a punter. How does that process work? Like how I guess it's simply just growing and hitting the weights. I mean, how does that work for a kicker and a punter? Old man strength. Old, Old man, man strength? It's what, it's what it is. No, it's, I mean, it's, again, it's just like any other player in the league. You develop that strength as uh, you get a little bit older. And, you know, it's, it's, there's different things that you do as a punter and kicker. You're working a lot more in terms of core, hip flexors, legs, as opposed to, uh, you know, you don't need to be jacked. I mean, obviously, everyone wants to be as a punter and kicker because you got to show off the gun somehow. But there you go. it's, you know, it's it's just, you know, you're doing a lot of boring crap like leg lifts and, you know, lunges and this. And, you know, you're just trying to work that core and, you know, make sure that everything's really firing the way it needs to be. And part of it's also just, you know, continuing to refine your technique. It's you're a golfer, right? I am. How many times have you tried to swing as hard as you can and the ball goes almost nowhere? Um, very often. And how many times do you, you know, you're just not thinking about it and all of a sudden you just perfectly sweet spot the thing and it flies 20 yards further than it ever did. It's Yeah. I mean, that does happen. What? Like once around, right? Yeah. It's, it's that type of thing too. It's, it's figuring out, look, I don't need to try to kill the ball every time. If I trust my mechanics, if I trust my hold, if I trust my ball placement, I'm going to be able to do what I need to do and get myself in position to be successful. So part of it, you know, we we talk about the mental side of kicking an awful lot, and that's that's a big piece that goes into it. It's, look, how do I trust my technique and my body to be able to just do what it needs to do? Because it's just like golf. If you try to kill the ball, it, it just doesn't work. And so learning to get away from that and you know, not getting into the, okay, I'm pinned back at my five-yard line, I really need to whale this one. No, look, just just trust yourself, hit the ball, and it's going to go 50 yards. You don't need to try to hit it 60. 
Oh, Chuck, we got a couple of minutes left. Um, any other, other thoughts on this Steelers battle or on your pundit project sort of in general, what we can expect from it? Steelers battle, I think, uh, again, it's going to be exciting for me to watch heading into camp this year. I think you've got two talented punters, a little bit different in their approaches again. Monday, stronger leg for him, Barry, uh, better in pin deep situations, so I think it's going to be interesting to watch what we see there. Uh, as far as my punting project, we're just about done. I think we've got about maybe a week or two left of data collection, uh, and then we'll start getting some things out probably late June into early July as we head towards preseason. Uh, we're going to have, again, 2,437 punts, I believe, is the number that we are tracking in total. Um, we're, as I said, a little bit crazy, but that's what Do you, you think that you're the only person that knows how many punts were executed in the, in the NFL last season, you and Michael, actually? Yes. The only two guys that know that? Yes. How does it feel knowing that you are the only two people on the planet that know something? Just any random fact like that. Well, I'd like to thank my parents for this opportunity. There you go. I and... Mean, this you know, is they, your floor, the acceptance speech. They're the ones that encouraged me to do what I wanted, and this is what I decided I wanted to do. And, you know, with that... I'm proud of you, buddy. With that, you know, again, 2,437 punts. Zada out. <laughs> did, you did you drop the mic? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Well, then, if Chuck's done, then we're done, folks. We are now wrapped for the week. Thank you so much for listening to another week of shows here at Inside the Pylon on the Quick Kicks podcast. Please like us on Facebook. You can find us there at facebook.com slash inside the pylon. Check us out on Twitter at ITPylon. And always check out the website insidethepylon.com. Finally, give Chuck a follow. He's doing all this work. He's charting over 2,400 punts. In conjunction with his friend Michael Nuttall, you can also follow you follow Chuck at itp underscore. It's what's your handle again? Yeah, you, you had it right. Itp underscore Chuck Z. And what's Michael's handle? Do you know? Uh, I believe it's MPN, and I'll have to dig it up right now. Michael's handle. Man, we really shouldn't do these shows it's live. MPN huh? underscore twenty one. There we go. Follow Michael on Twitter as well. Follow these guys who are doing some great stuff with punt and data. The, the stuff they're going to be putting out is going to be amazing. But now we are done. <laughs> <laughs>